0: One, and welcome to the Ferrario Faceoff. I'm Mike Claiborne, and of course, there's Alex Ferrario. We're going to talk some hockey for a bit today. As Alex, we have good
1: news. We no longer have to talk about a Blues losing streak. Clibbs, I was really worried that when we were going to talk today, we were going to have to find a way to polish a nine-game losing streak. So I'm happy it's over. I made a commitment to myself last night on postgame. I said, when it's over, I'm never speaking of it again. So we'll find a way to maneuver through that promise I made. Well, you know what? I'm good with that uh, because there's nothing we could do about it uh, other than sit
0: through it and hope for the best. And, you know, I saw some flashes last night that told me that this team is still committed. uh, And I thought that was the biggest issue overall, the lack of commitment on little things detail wise that they just weren't doing. I think also from a, a makeup wise, roster wise, this team is still lacking some grittiness, some toughness, some sandpaper, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they don't have a Steve Ott. They don't have a David Perron. And you know, Perron was a guy who would get in your face. He wasn't gonna fight, but he'd get you pissed off to the point you take a bad penalty against him. Steve Ott was the same way. Steve I could fight a little bit, but bottom line was, their game was to create distraction, create angst, and and we just don't have that guy. Barbashev used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Barbashev scores twenty goals, twenty plus goals. Now all of a sudden he he thinks he's Pavel Bure. so it's it's a little bit of a different story for him but it's not just one guy and i I know that uh was catching a lot of heat and still is and 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 rightfully so but you know when you look around this team had
1: a lot of guys who weren't living up to the expectations absolutely claims and i i love the point of you made about the grit i mean let's go back to the flyers game who are the two guys that dropped the gloves it's the same guys that drop the gloves every time the Blues needed. it. It's Braden Shen, it's Robert Portuzzo, and that's it. They've got guys that have the potential to have that grit. You mentioned Ivan Barbashev. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich, if I remember correctly, he was kind of a pain to play against in the New York Rangers times when he was with them. Uh, remember that uh, Rangers-Capitals, Tom Wilson, a whole big thing. Buchnevich was in the middle of that. They've got Toropchenko. Nolachari was a pain in the ass to play against in that Stanley Cup final for the Blues, but he doesn't have that right now. I really think what it is, Klaibs, is when you get into a streak like this, you try and do too much. And rather than Nolachari being the guy that, you know, can just kind of get underneath the skin of the opponents or Alexei Torpchenko or Jake Neighbors, They were thinking, no, I need to be the goal scorer now because we're not scoring goals, or I need to be the defenseman because our defensemen are giving up too many scoring chances, and it just gets away from the identity. It's not the same, but I compare so much to just the individual effort to that 2018-19 first half of the season. It's, It's a fragile group, and I think they've made strides in the Boston loss. They made strides in the Philly game, but then it fell apart in the second period, And I feel like they made more strides to what they're searching for in terms of the game that they had in that Edmonton Oilers shutout victory with that win against San Jose.
0: Yeah, and it's not going to get fixed overnight. I mean, this thing didn't come apart overnight. So I I, I really look at winning your shift, winning a period, Mm -hmm. winning the next period, and winning a game. And and it's going to take some time. And, you know, the schedule isn't going to help them at all. I mean, they got some tough teams on the schedule coming up. And it'll be interesting to see how many of those shifts they can win Uh, because they they have some they they got some tall cotton to chop here in the next few games.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you got Vegas Saturday with a nine game win streak. Then you've got Colorado who Colorado's underperforming. They're in a wild card spot. But Colorado just put I think it was seven or eight up on Nashville the other night. Uh, You've got Chicago who. Who would have thought that the Chicago Blackhawks, who were going to, they did everything they could, claves to tank this year, and now they're in a top three spot in the Central Division, um, and then you've got Anaheim for two games, which that's no easy task, and then you've got Buffalo, you've got Dallas, like, you you had the potential, you you kind of needed to win that San Jose Sharks game, Klaibs, because if you would have lost that one, I think mentally it would have been very difficult for you to find a win within the next three to five games.
0: Uh, I agree. You know, if you don't beat San Jose, you're looking at 12, 13-game losing streak. I think so. I think so. Yeah, because your spirit would have been broken. Yeah. Uh, But you don't want to be in a situation where you're saying to yourself, we won one of our last 14. (laughs) Right. You
1: know, (laughs) so you still have a lot of work to do. It really does put it into perspective, though, Claves. And I'm sure you've seen eight-game losing streaks before because you've seen a lot more hockey than I have. But an eight-game losing streak, you say it and you're like, okay, yeah, that's rough. But eight games in regulation, that's the yeah. part that I think is frustrating because Pittsburgh Pittsburgh just went on a seven-game losing streak also. But they had four of those seven losses in overtime and in shootouts. Eight games in regulation is tough to do. So that, that would have been a lot more difficult to find a way to build out of.
0: I would agree with you. Uh, and I think when you look at the eight-game losing streak, it kind of tells you that you weren't competing. Yeah. Uh, Because like you mentioned with Pittsburgh, at least they're going in overtime or a shootout. And sometimes those things just happen. But, you know, the Blues weren't even close in a lot of these games. losing five to one or seven to four, you know, I mean, getting blown out. So hopefully uh, they can get it started and we'll go from there. All right. Enough of the Blues for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about the league and what's going on. Uh, Some interesting teams. And, And have you ever seen a season where we see so many streaks? where you're winning a lot in a row or you're losing a lot in a row. It's not like you're on and off. I mean, we're, we're seeing some teams that really have uh, found themselves on the short end of the stick. And then there are other teams that are waking up said, I can't believe we won another game.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it's it's how it goes in the beginning of the season. If you remember the last year, Claves, Carolina Hurricanes went on, what was it, a 9-10 game win streak? And everyone was thinking, boy, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to be the toughest team to play in the league. Now, they were the rest of the way but we all saw what happened once you got into the postseason. Now look at the teams that are on winning streaks right now. Vegas, I'm a little surprised that Vegas is this good because of their goaltending. Now I know Bruce Cassidy is the kind of coach that he, he, can, he can coach in front of a bad goaltender because it's more of spending time in the offensive zone than the defensive zone. They've got good defensive players, but I'm still not sold on Vegas just in terms of the depth. It's hard to not be sold on them when you've got nine-game win streak, but their goaltending still makes me a little iffy, but you get a nine-game win streak from them. Uh, you've got teams like the New Jersey Devils who have been on a little bit of a streak themselves, and then you've got the Boston Bruins. If there's one team that is on these streaks early on, Claves, that I'm buying into, it's Boston. because yeah. Boston's got everything. They've got depth. They've got defense. They've got goaltending. They've got a great coach in Jim Montgomery. Um, watching them now, the cream always rises to the top. But I think at the top is going to be the Boston Bruins.
0: I, I agree. Uh, and for those reasons you mentioned, because they in Vegas, Vegas is very thin. Okay. Yes. They lose one guy in their lineup and they could be done. Yep. Uh, but Boston is, as you mentioned, they're four lines deep, good solid defense. And that's what gets you through an entire season. Yes. And that's why I think Vegas will hit a rut here fairly soon. Colorado has got some injuries and some other issues, and the, the hangover is starting to take effect as well. Yeah. Uh, but then there are some other teams, even like you mentioned Chicago, uh, they, they're, they don't know how good they are mm-hmm. or how bad they're going to be. And, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in November, okay? There's a lot of hockey in front of us. And I can promise you that both of those, those three teams we talked about will have more highs and lows before it's all said and done. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that was really scary this week was Evander Kane and his yeah. his injury on his wrist uh, almost bled out. I don't know if people knew that or not, but he almost bled out. He, he almost hit an artery, that, and I. It, that was more serious than it looked. Yeah. And for a guy like that who's had so much going on in his life, uh, off the ice and to have this sort of injury, uh, a big blow to the Edmonton Oilers because he was starting to play well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I know Evander Kane has gone through it and fans don't like Evander Kane or they do like Evander Kane. Whatever it might be, the guy is talented. And Edmonton has showcased it with his goal-scoring ability. That that was real scary. And I, I was trying to remember, and you might remember the player's name, Claves, but it was with the Florida Panthers back in the early 2000s um, where – a skate from the opponent had come up and it caught the player in the neck. And no, it, was- it happened. No, I'll tell you, uh, it happened with the Blues, Clint Malarcha. Oh,
0: did it? Tom Tilly or Steve Tuttle, one of them I can't remember off the top of my cut him in cut him in, uh, uh severed his uh, uh aorta. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the team doctor, because at that time in Buffalo, the team doctor was standing at the home end of the ice. Behind the glass near the goal, judge had that doctor not been there,
1: he'd have, he'd have died right there on the ice. Yeah, I mean there have been instances like this before where we've seen this. I mean it's a scary video because yeah. you you see Pat Maroon kind of get into the middle of the tussle and Kane goes down, and you see as soon as Kane gets up, I mean there's blood splattered everywhere. Oh, so okay, it, it was right. I know it was so <laughs> frightening, but you know the part for me, Claves, that I, I wondered is and I don't even know if you can do this, but there's got to be some type of piece of equipment that you can put there to cover because that is a vulnerable spot. Like their gloves cut mm-hmm. off here and their jerseys go here and there's nothing in between that wrist. And when those. Well, down, but you
0: know what? Here's the problem. Well, these players started wearing these short cuff gloves. Yeah. And that's the problem. If you look at the old days mm-hmm. of hockey, they had their, their, their gloves came up to like, right, right, right above the wrist. Yeah and uh you didn't have this problem so it's the gloves because these guys like the, the cuffs short on them and that's the reason why you have that open space available
1: yeah
0: which which goes to your point maybe there should be a if you're going to wear short cuff gloves you should wear something else to protect your wrist yeah uh but then players just say well that that prohibits me I, I can't be as flexible as i need to be right something and- Something's got to be done about that because it only takes one of these times for somebody to go down and and you
1: know maybe not recover. Well, and then you also have the fear factor. I mean, I would imagine if I was Evander Kane and that just happened to me, yeah, you know, I get back on the ice and you do your thing. But every time you fall, you're kind of always a little bit worried that somebody's going to be around. It makes you a little hesitant to play the There's game no that doubt. you're playing.
0: Yeah. I agree. Let's take yeah. a quick break. We'll come back. Alex Ferrario is talking hockey. This is the Ferrario Faceoff on ClavesOnline.com. There's always
1: been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amarin, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at amronillinoiscom renewables. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars arriving daily, like the all-new 2023 Acura Integra. We also have a great selection of over 200 pre-owned and factory precision courtesy vehicles with finance rates as low as 1.9% for 36 months with approved credit. And we've added Saturday service hours to our newly renovated service facility. Don't forget, we'll buy your vehicle here at our dealership or from the convenience of your home. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.
0: We continue with the Ferrario face-off. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Mike Claiborne. And Alex, will stay off the ice for a little bit here. Uh, Gary Bettman stepped in earlier this week and decided Mitchell Miller was not worthy of playing in the National Hockey League. And, you know, Bettman has been criticized for a lot of things in his tenure. But, you know, I don't think there's a league that's more sensitive to image and how they conduct themselves on and off the ice than a National Hockey League does. Uh, some teams or some leagues would have poo-pooed it, but
1: Gary Bettman was like, no, that's not going to happen. And I'm glad he did. I mean, the story's just awful. I mean, and we we hear these where some athletes are able to get into sports for their past. And I mean, hockey's had two of them. There's the, uh, the defenseman from Montreal that Logan Malou, I believe his name was, um, who also had the bully instances when he was in junior hockey. And it dropped his draft stock a couple of years ago. But Montreal jumped in and selected him. He's still also not eligible to play. The, the Mitchell Miller thing was just weird. Not so much in, in terms of his past. It was more weird that Boston jumped in and signed him. And I think that's what was the confusing part for me because Cam Neely's press conference that he held, you know, he was talking about it and said, you know, we felt like he deserves a second chance and we did our due diligence and everything. But then it came out that he hadn't done any due diligence and Don Sweeney has to step in and says, no, this isn't the right thing. I mean, Patrice Bergeron went on podcasts and said, it was distracting the locker room. And that was a team that was 11-1 and one at the time. So it, it was a weird case overall. You're right. I mean, the NHL is very, very aware of the sensitivity surrounding. And maybe it's because they have the, the north of the border teams. And maybe that's part of it because there's so much media coverage. Um, but from what I understand, he's still a part of the Boston Bruins team because he has to go through waivers. And if he doesn't go through or if he doesn't get claimed, then I think that they, the Players Association has an opportunity to argue his case or whatnot. So it's kind of an ongoing saga still.
0: Yeah, stay tuned for that. And, you know, it's a tough situation for the Players Association because he, he is a member, but also he's dead wrong in what he's done. And I guess the other thing, Alex, is it the fact that he's not shown contrition uh, with regard to what he did a few years ago? I mean, because apparently – because I would think that if a guy who got jammed up and we talked about when he was 14, 15 years old, at some point, wouldn't he be, wouldn't he have apologized to the family or, and I guess he hasn't done any of that uh, where he's not had any contact with the family or anything along that line. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's the reason why he has not been allowed to participate, because I, I would really think that if he stepped forward and owned up to it, apologize and hope he could turn the page and would have the blessing of the family. Mm-hmm. I think he'd probably
1: have a career. Well, and, and, you know, especially when you're in college and you have success and then juniors, you have success. I think his final season in juniors claims before he was drafted uh, he had like 65 goals or something like that. Like that's a player that you know, you're going to have an opportunity to play in the national mm-hmm. hockey league. So you have to kind of do your due diligence and go into your background and say, okay, did I do something that's going to be brought? I mean, honestly, like to be an athlete, it seems like it's very similar to politics. Like you, you have to scrub your background because somebody will find it in today's age. And you're right. Like I, I think what made this whole situation worse, Glaives, was the fact that Boston said what they said when they signed him and said they did their due diligence. Um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the 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 uh, the, the man that was bullied by the player, his mom had come out and said, there's nobody that's done any due diligence. This still is a thing. And then the player's agent came out and said, oh, no, he wasn't bullying him. It was, uh, it was a thing around school. And then the, the guy himself, the guy who was bullied, had to come out and basically put a statement out saying, this is still a problem to today, and he has never once reached out to me, only when he knew he was going to be in the spotlight. So I just – If he would have probably addressed this prior to him getting into popularity and getting drafted, I'm with you. I think we might not even be talking about this because maybe he gets the support from the family, but now it's just blurred by so much that I just don't think you're going to see this kid in the NHL.
0: No, he'd be lucky to be able to drive a Zamboni at the neighborhood ring.
1: That's very
0: true. I mean, it's just because, you know, this league is forgiving, okay? absolutely. Uh, There are a number of people who've had – legal issues and social issues that have found their way back. Uh, close to home, Craig McTavish. He yep. was at the Boston Bruins, had a mishap, and, you know, it cost some people. And, I mean,
1: look uh, at Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery yeah, had alcohol abuse, guy. and he's back coaching a team. And that was after he was a Stanley Cup finalist.
0: Yeah. I mean, so there's there there is a forgiving tone yes. in the National Hockey League, but this situation just doesn't seem like, there's been any contrition on the part of the individual or his family. So we'll we'll see what happens. All right. uh, ESPN made an announcement this week that they're going to have PJ, PK Subban as part of their, their coverage. Yeah. I got to tell you something. I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in uh, ESPN and their coverage than I am with what they have going now. Yeah. Uh, It just doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, There's a couple of people, uh, obviously Kevin Weeks, who they have in a, in a role, I think he does a solid job. And there are a couple of other people, but
1: I'm just, I thought they would be better. Yeah, I really did. You know, the problem for ESPN claves, and I'm with you, because ESPN hasn't lived up to my expectations that I thought it was going to be. But I also think the problem for ESPN is that NHL on TNT has crushed it. I mean, yeah. NHL on TNT, like if, if that wasn't there, I think ESPN might be a little bit more easy and palatable for people to take in, but because Paul Bissonette and Wayne Gretzky and Rick Tockett and Anson Carter, those guys with their pregame and their intermissions and postgame stuff, they've made it entertaining. And then they've garnered the best play-by-play and color commentators on the TNT side. So uh, they do such a good job on TNT that you forget that ESPN even has the NHL. So I'm with you. Like, I like the idea of PK Subban because he's fresh out of the league. so He does nothing connection. for me. I, 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 because I hate the guy. In terms yeah. of how he played, he was so frustrating. But, like, I think you want players fresh out of the league if you're getting that commentary because they have the relationship with a lot of the players that still play. Like, Paul Bissonnette has that with so many of those guys. But the problem is you got to get guys who are – who are entertaining and people that want to watch rather than somebody that they hated watching for so many years in the national hockey league because of how he played the game. I think, yeah, I I agree with you. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. Claves. I think that's, about it, and I appreciate you uh, letting me live up to my promise of staying away from that, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that that situation I can't talk about anymore. All right, so give us the schedule for the Blues' upcoming games. So you got Vegas, so it's a three-game road trip, Vegas Saturday night, and then you play against Colorado on Monday, and then you've got Chicago on Wednesday. And, Claves, that's the mom's trip. So they are doing different than the father's trip that they usually do. They're doing the mother's trip. And the Moms are going to be with the team in Colorado and Chicago. So if this team doesn't find a way to win those two games with Moms in attendance, uh, I don't know what's going to happen because Moms going to keep you honest on the ice. That's for sure. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's
0: no <laughs> doubt. Well, let's turn this thing around. We'll have some fun next week yep. we and see the Blues get back on a good run. I just want to see them win. As I said, win the shift, win the
1: period, win the game. Yep. I'll leave, right with this. I'll leave you with this, Klaibs. So Joey and I were talking about this on pregame the other night. He said there are 22 teams in National Hockey League history that have had an eight-game losing streak at some point in their season and have made the postseason still.
0: Joey's got a lot of time on his
1: hands. Yes, he does. That's, that's yeah. what happens when you're on the road for a little bit. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, the Blues will be all right. I, I don't, You know, they have too many good players yeah. on this team to, to not make postseason, although that Western Conference is so tough, man. It's going to be a good team. It's going to watch the playoffs on TV. Absolutely. He's, he's Alex Ferrario. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Ferrario Faceoff on ClavesOnline.com.